Hi, I'm Jane Hilsden, marketing consultant and founder of Dragonfly Marketing. Welcome to this episode of the How To Do Marketing Show, a no-nonsense podcast about marketing for small business. It's our mission at Dragonfly Marketing to put marketing on the agenda for every regionally based small business in Australia. Why? Because we know that when marketing is done properly, it can help your, your business grow. We believe small businesses are the backbone of our nation. When your business grows, it benefits not only you and your family, it benefits your whole community. Small businesses create a vibrant and connected economy. We employ local people, we donate to local charities, and we work together to build resilient and thriving regional communities. The How To Do Marketing Show is a podcast just for you and your small business. Bursting with marketing insight and information, this show will be a fabulous resource to help you know all there is to know about the topic of marketing for small business. Now, let me ask you a question. Are you a fan of Airbnb accommodation? I know I am. I love it. I love that you get to stay in what seems like a really familiar home environment when when you're away. And when I'm choosing an Airbnb, I'll always opt for something that is stylish or has really kind of unique interior decoration or, of course, a beautiful location because this really inspires me. It ignites my curiosity and gives me ideas for creative touches that I can bring back with me from my stay and implement them into my own home. So I was delighted when one of my How To Do Marketing listeners, Sky from our art house industries, pointed out the Instagram profile for an Airbnb accommodation called Captain's Rest, which is in Tasmania. From the moment I landed on this Instagram grid, I was captivated. The images alone just transported me immediately to the remote far west corner of Tasmania where this beautiful renovated little shack is located. Sky then told me about Sarah Andrews. So Sarah purchased the shack years ago and transformed it into this magical space. And now this remote little shack on the edge of the earth is honestly one of the world's most sought after Airbnb accommodation listings. So as a result of her success with Captain's Rest, Sarah soon had inquiries flooding in from other aspiring Airbnb providers wanting to know how she created this amazing business. So now Sarah runs a school showing people how to achieve this and boy has she achieved some phenomenal results with this. She has such an incredible story with such a diverse background of experience, including a stint running her own marketing agency. But I want her to tell you that. So please let me introduce you to the incredible Sarah Andrews. Welcome, Sarah. Welcome to the How To Do Marketing Show. Thanks, Jane. No problems. Look, I've been really looking forward to my chat with you. You were actually a recommendation from one of my listeners who follows you. And I think she's actually done your hosting masterclass. And she said, you've got to see what this woman does. It's incredible. And then, of course, I got completely lost on your Instagram, um, your grid, and became really intrigued about what, what you do. So I've been really looking forward to this chat. And I'm going to start off by asking you, one of the first places that I landed after Sky had, um, had told me about you was, was your website, of course, well, it was Instagram and then your website. And, and the bio on your website introduced you as 
a designer, a stylist, a storyteller, an author, an innkeeper, a teacher, a collaborator, photographer, adventurer, and sailor. And to me, I was like, oh my goodness. Well, first of all, I want your life because that sounds amazing. And secondly, can you just share the story of how you got to the space that you hold all of those magical positions today? Um, we've got an hour. Right? Yeah. <laughs> hit us, hit us with it. I'll give you the short version. So um, I grew up, my parents are swag makers. Um, they live five hours north of Perth. So I grew up on the beach, um, which was then a place that was very remote and distant. Um, and I had these amazing parents who hand make swags. And it wasn't until I got to university in Perth that I realised that wasn't a normal upbringing. Kind of I used to ride my horse down to Red Rooster through the drive through and that was a full day's adventure. Um, but I ended up studying spatial sciences in Perth in the early 2000s and became a spatial scientist, um, which was a very new area of science at the time. And it still is a very niche area of science. Um, but basically my expertise was the, air, um, the science of how space works, how things are distributed in space and how they're related to each other, how things can change over space and time and distance. Um, so it was really like the maths and physics of space and yeah. it could be applied to any subject. So I ended up working in um, London for a really amazing high-end consultancy which worked on mega projects all over the world using my science in archaeology and design and security, um, geotechnics, whoever needed my skills, I suppose which was really interesting because I'm someone who needs a lot of variety. Like I can't do the same thing every day. So getting to go into these teams um, and learn all about archaeology or learn all about uh, biosecurity and then help them understand what was happening and create um, mathematical formulas for them to predict the future or figure out what had happened in the past or um, help them see under the ground where they couldn't, physically see with this science um which was really cool but you know in my mid-20s um i've i quickly realized that i could blink and be 60 and still be here and being a young person um i just wanted more out of life at that time so i decided to quit my job which was everyone's dream job working for the best company in the world. And, um, and I, would, I said, I will just travel around and then figure it out what's next. Like I've just given myself a few years off and then figure it out. So I traveled around the world um, and had a great time, but I still didn't really understand what it was that I wanted from life. And um, I was sort of, you know, what's the point kind of why are we here? Those questions that you ask yourself. Um, and then I decided that I would buy a boat and sail about around the world the other way by sea. And at that point, I'd had no sailing experience, but I thought, how hard could it be? But um, <laughs> it turns out there's a lot to know, but I spent a year full time learning to sail um, and buying my own boat and getting that ready in America. And um, left, I think it was 2008, something like that. Um, 
I've had an amazing time, maybe about a year, year and a half worth of sailing um, and living on by myself. By myself. Um, but I ended up in a freak accident, sinking off Mexico. Um, the whole thing was like, could, could have been a movie. It was like a dark and stormy night. Everything was going wrong and I ended up hitting something and it was either like a shipping container or a whale or just something like a freak accident. And I ended up sinking the boat and getting rescued by the Navy. It was all very dramatic. And um, after that, I lived, in, I lived in this little beach shack in the middle of nowhere, Mexico for six months because I didn't have anything. I had no money, I had no ID, no passports, no clothes. And um, I had no visa to be in the country, but no passport to leave. Mm. And at that time, swine flu was happening around the world. So it was, you couldn't travel. <laughs> so I lived in this little shack, um, kind of just decompressing from the experience that I had for about six months before I could get back to Australia. Um, but in that time, what I realised, having been so close to death, is that um, you should always just follow your passions in life, whether they have, um, you should always do things without expecting a result. I think too many of us think, well, I won't do that because I won't make any money out of it. Or, um, I won't buy that house because I won't be able to rent it. Like, if you think with the end in mind, it kind of limits your experience of what's possible. So I decided I would go back to Melbourne and study, um, a design degree and start over because I'd always been so creative and I never did design because it was, I just felt like it was um, a very competitive industry where people aren't that well paid. Um, mm. You know, the, the fear of what could happen to me being a designer put me off following my passion for doing that. So I just decided to do it um, because it's what I felt passionate about. And I think at the time someone had told me you should do for, um, you should do for work what you do in your spare time. And I was always like Pinteresting, drawing maps, designing things for my friends and business cards. And so I thought, well, that's pretty good advice. You should really try and do for a living what you're very passionate about. And I wasn't out doing spatial scientists in my spare time. So. <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough. Mm. And, um, and that went really well and um, I got hired straight out of uni, which was such a competitive industry. Um, but I ended up deciding that I would um, start my own design firm, design and marketing firm, because I was very passionate about helping people in remote communities with design. Um, and coming from a remote community, what I saw was these design firms would come in and put like a city stamp on a regional or remote problem which what didn't feel fair, it didn't do the job. Um, so I started a small firm with the best people that I knew that I'd worked with in terms of like marketing, design, um, web, you know, sort of across the board and helped really cool like um, remote communities, Aboriginal communities, um, you know, all sorts of things, which was awesome. And I learned so much and I had so many good experiences and, sitting with people and helping them design their own annual reports, you know, based on their own words and their own pictures um, and creating stories and um, pieces of work for people that were really meaningful to them and important. 
rather than were winning design awards, um, which was amazing work. But after about five or six years of that, I realised I had a team of 10 working for me that I was again back in the office and again not cubicle bound because I was working from my own beautiful space. But, um, you know, I, I was in the same position as I was yeah. 10 years prior and um, bound to the emails and bound to the, the calendar and invoicing and meetings, um, which isn't what I wanted for my life, having grown up free and um, um, wild. So... Um, I ended up moving to Alice Springs. I was married at the time and I thought I'll put the design work down. I'll wind that up because I'm moving, you know, sort of kept a little bit on, on and see if I could figure out what my next passion is. Yeah. <laughs> um, very quickly became interiors. So I did a lot of interior study. I did about five or six houses of my own. I did other people's houses and it really became an area that was so interesting to me because with the design and the science background, I could see that um, visual aesthetics is essentially a science and there's a way that things put, are put together that are based in storytelling and based in arrangement in a spatial way. So it really did combine everything that I knew and then everything I loved, um, which was really cool. So I still hadn't exactly found it what I was sort of here to do, but I was enjoying the work. Um, but I wasn't really enjoying living in Alice Springs and I wasn't really enjoying my marriage at the time. Um, and I sort of had felt like I'd had this really big experience that no one could understand, but then I was just thrown back into Melbourne and I was in uni and then I was working on my own business and I'd never really had a chance to decompress about this really scary experience I'd had. Mm. Um, so I had a little bit of money and I decided that I would buy a shack. Mm. Um, at the time, Tasmania wasn't that popular, uh, especially not the West Coast. It was sort of like, why would you buy, <laughs> why would you buy a place there? But for me, I really just needed a place that was mined by the sea where nobody was, no one lived there, no one would go there. Um, so I did, I bought it. But while I sort of was going through that phase, my marriage crumbled. Um, I got sick. I had very scary skin cancer again for the second time, which really frightened me. And I was dealing with all of these problems um, and I wasn't working, but the only thing I did have was this little shack that I could rent. So I was like, okay, well, now I'm going to have to finish the renovations um, and rent it on Airbnb to support myself through being sick, through this divorce, paying legal fees, you know, and live with my parents at the same time. This is how I'm just going to have to make this work because it's literally the only avenue that I have. So that's how it, those, ha how all the hats I think that I wear came about. Wow. Um, and from that point, I think just using everything that I had learnt and understood um, and also sort of really calling on the help of my dearest friends who are photographers and um, people who work in marketing um, and people who work in management as top CEOs all really stepped in to help me and teach me what I needed to know to be one of the world's best micro hoteliers because I just need 
this work. I needed it to be um, a place that people went every night of the year at 450 bucks a night because I didn't really know what my other options were going to be. Yeah, yeah. It was, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> it was um, a process of testing things, you know, like um, taking everything I knew and everything I wanted to know and learning it and then testing it. And then it was a great testing base to see what actually was successful, what had the biggest impact, what things I tried that didn't really make too much of a difference but did take a lot of my time. Yeah. Um, and then very quickly people noticed what I'd done and created out of um, literally nothing. Like it'd been five years, everyone looked at it, no one thought it could work. Um, and I started getting asked to help other people. And what I've noticed is I wasn't actually going and doing the work. What I was doing is teaching them how I did it and letting them put their, their thoughts and ideas and aesthetic and passions into the right slots in my process. Yeah. I was at the point where I was getting five emails a day asking for help and I couldn't get to everyone. And um, I decided that I would hold a workshop so everyone could come, I could teach them all and then I could go back to my life. <laughs> but yeah. then that workshop sold out and then that workshop. And then all those people who did the workshops went away and became giant successes and they told all of their friends. So now my full-time job is teaching other people how I do it because they've all been so successful that then other people want to know. And Yes, right. My school's worldwide now. I teach yeah. every country on the planet and they all have incredibly successful um, and happy, which is a good thing as well. Um, low stress levels and yeah. good um, return on their investments. Maybe not as good this year, but they're doing better than everybody else, which is yeah, great. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, um, I mean, your story is so captivating. Like that's, that, that's you've lived like a whole lifetime in your in your life so far. You definitely don't look old enough to have lived an entire lifetime, but you've certainly been through your trials and tribulations and highs and, and lows and obviously spent so much time, you know, travelling the world. And, and I think, you know, for me personally, travel is my inspiration. You know, I'm not a stylist. I'm not a designer. I'm a marketing consultant, but uh, you know, even my ideas and, you know, stimulation just comes, I think, from being out of your comfort zone and in a completely different environment where your, your thinking is challenged. And, and it sounds like, I mean, I, I have so many questions, <laughs> like when you're talking about your experience with crashing the yacht and living in Mexico. And for me, I was just like, oh my God, imagine how amazing Mexico would have been to, I, I, I imagine you were bloody terrified at the time because you, you know, washed up on shore in Mexico without a visa and you can't get out of there and there's swine flu. But, you know, Mexico for me is this place of just absolutely incredible artistic creation and colour and vibrance and Frida Kahlo, I think would have to be my all time favourite inspiration so I can imagine you've you've amassed such a beautiful um kind of base to to your creativity and I had no idea you'd you'd started out as a spatial scientist but it's funny because and for listeners you can't see this but I'm looking at this backdrop um that Sarah's put together she's in one of the the houses that she styled and it's so beautifully simple but the spacing so I'm looking at like a a, a fire um 
uh, oh God, what is it? Fireplace. God, I can't even think of my words. Fireplace. And it's got like three items, a clock and, and an owl um, and a stuffed owl by the looks of things and a, which is kind of in this beautiful pose. To, like it looks like it's kind of almost in full flight. It looks like it's almost just identified its prey and it's about to swoop down. And then this beautiful kind of vase of some dried flower that I don't know the name of, but they're so beautifully spaced. And I was, I was wondering, gosh, is, is that, is that got something to do with, with spatial science? Um, or is that just, you know, a beautiful, beautiful eye? But anyway, I digress. What you were talking about before in terms of the little shack that you purchased, you've called that captain's rest. That's, that's your captain's rest accommodation, right? So if you go, like if our listeners go to Captain's Rest and search up Captain's Rest on Instagram, you'll see that it has an Instagram following of 43,000 followers. And when you were talking before about how you've turned this this little shack into an international destination and and you have, um, this is what she's talking about, is is this Captain's Rest. And this is where I first landed after hearing all about you was this beautifully, beautifully created and curated um, Instagram profile for, for Captain's Rest. And literally it's, it's a journey in itself from the moment that you kind of land on that grid, you're transported to this remote and moody and seductive environment where even, and I think there's quite a few photos of rainy and inclement weather, but that just, it looks beautiful and it looks comforting and you look like you would be protected in this beautiful shack. And I, you know, I really only had to look at two or three of your images. And then I read your beautiful prose and the beautiful words that, that had accompanied, accompanied them. And literally it didn't take me long until I was on that booking page going, right, when COVID is over, like I am headed in this destination. How did you know that showing up on this platform was going to create such a beautiful impact? Um, I tested them all um, and really just started writing down my statistics. Interesting. Um, same thing with booking platforms. And it's just that for me, it was a matter of testing what worked and what didn't, what had an impact and what didn't, and being quite logical about things. Um, because it was my passion, but at the time, it need, I needed to make this work. It was, you know, I was in a very um, bad situation. I was very anxious about money um, and I really, really needed to have my house booked and I really needed people to come and pay a lot of money to be there. I needed to convince them to drive five hours from Hobart to go. Um, so I needed, I needed to make it work. But... So it was literally a matter of using all the different platforms, seeing what worked, what had engagement, where people were booking from, what platforms they felt comfortable booking with and gathering my own data. Because at the time, and still now, people who work in this industry as kind of like the experts, they don't really know. They will just kind of give you general advice to use use social media to promote your business, but they don't tell you how. Mm. You get all this advice out there and these people who say that they're experts giving like general suggestions, but not specific advice. And what I needed was here's five things to do to give, to make sure that people know what you're doing and how to book. I needed, I needed to, things to be exact, which was really frustrating for me. Um, 
being a scientist who then moved into the creative world, what I found was that people really loved working with me and hiring me because I could give them a sense of exactness. I could be very clear about things and follow a process um, and provide a list of deliverables that worked. Whereas a lot of other creative people, it's like, oh, well, you know, you should have colour and you should have texture and you, you really need to think about social media and you really need to think about storytelling and it's all a bit wishy-washy and you, and you think, well, yeah, I understand that, but how? How do I do it? And um, please tell me exactly what to do. <laughs> so mm. I have to go and find all these things out for myself. Um, and I had to find out where my market hung out, um, which was Instagram at the time and probably still is, I think. Yeah. Now it's going. Um, I do have a Facebook page. I don't think many people follow it. I don't really use it um, anymore. But Yeah. So it was trial and error and, and obviously, um, yeah, if, if people go and check out the, the Instagram um, feed you'll see how beautifully that Sarah has put the content together on that that feed have you to build and amass your your followers but but not only followers like clearly this is a platform that has you know you've built the on-platform activity of followers and likes and engagement and that sort of thing and you can see that but it's clearly transcribed to bookings I mean as I said I was like booking like seriously after seeing three posts it's it's really really compelling um, so why, so, so, so I get that you kind of had, had, had done the, the, the trial and everything to get there. Did you, did you actually pay? Like, it, 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 is this an organic following or did you actually use some of the advertising features for, for Instagram once you'd kind of decided to be there? Um, no, it's completely organic. Wow. Maybe, yeah, I've started testing out paid stuff. Um, because I really want to understand how that works and if it does work. And to be honest, it doesn't really work for me. Yeah. Um, I've tried a couple of different things like promoting posts and running like beautiful video ads and things, but it doesn't work for me. What works for me across um, Captain's Rest and the Hosting Masterclass is authenticity, really connects to people and also other people um, saying good things about me that are true. So word of mouth. So those are the two things for me personally that work. Um, paid advertising, giveaways, gimmicky stuff just doesn't work. Yeah. I have found that um, if I give Instagram a little bit of money a year, like 50 bucks, I think that my um, spot in the feed tends to get a little better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I'm somewhat of a paying customer every now and then, I get a little bit um, of a preference. And do you personally like hanging out on Instagram? Like as a user, is Instagram a, a, a space that makes sense to you? Yeah, I used to um, in the early years. Loved Instagram, loved interacting and finding things. But now my life looks so different. You know, mm. I've run three businesses and I also like to um, have a good quality of life. That's really important to me is having a lot of time off and doing all the things I want to do. So I find that when I'm on Instagram, it's, it's to um, put a post up or respond to some DMs. I don't have a lot of time anymore to interact and explore other people's work. Mm -hmm. That um, because I'm just, it's overwhelming. 
you know, like in a day across all my businesses, I might get hundreds of DMs. So I can't, mm. I'm at the point now where I can't um, even look at most of them. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it's changing for me, but I have to be okay with that next step as well. Um, but I always wonder whether what people think if I don't respond to their comment, but I just can't anymore. Yeah. 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 And, and that was what what I was going to kind of ask you next, because when, as, as a user, you can kind of see that there's clearly a lot of engagement on your post, like loads of people are commenting and, and liking and those sorts of things. And regardless of the fact that you're, um, you know, not getting to necessarily personally to respond to those. Like, I think for me, I think, I think they're, they're commenting because what you've actually offered to them, what you've given them has compelled them to reach out to you. It's so beautiful and it evokes such an emotive response. So I'd say a lot of them are just kind of commenting and maybe not responding, you know, not expecting a response, of course, unless they're asking a question, but you're saying that they're DMing you. If, if, you had to, if you had tips or advice that you could share with other businesses, even if it's kind of outside the hospitality realm, if you had other tips and advice as to how to kind of grow and nurture that, that Instagram community, what would they be? Um, I think the biggest thing I can share with everyone is a sense of authenticity. I learned a lot of what I know from my parents. <laughs> um, they have an Instagram account called Murchison River Swags and they spend their life documenting the, the spider that was in the canvas roll and um, this bird that flew into the workshop. And it's very quaint, um, but it's very engaging. And I've had to mute mom now. I hope she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> because it's thick and fast, these essays of their daily life. But um, their sense of their passion for what they do and their passion for their customers is... Um, it's thick and you can feel it. And it is true. I, I grew up sitting on the, you know, swag making bench and watching them sew. And they just genuinely really love what they make. Um, their design hasn't changed for 30 years. And they are so proud to be able to make those for beautiful people who are going on all these adventures. And, um, and I feel the same way about what I do. Like, I love Captain's Dress. It's, it's part of um, my journey the hosting masterclass is something that I'm so proud of because it's thousands of students that I've taught now and they've all gone on to have all of this wild success in ways that's really important for them. And it might not be, um, you know, getting a lot of press for some people. It might be, I don't have to go and work in an office anymore. I'm home with my kids. So everyone has different goals and hearing every day, those stories, the DMs are just thank you letters of, how I've been able to make an impact in their life. Um, there's a sense of genuineness about everything that I say um, and I'm not doing it because I want to sell a product or I want to sell a workshop. I'm doing it because I'm genuinely passionate about what I've made and I genuinely believe it's, it will make someone's life better. I know people are going to have a beautiful experience when they stay at Captain's Dress. I know that my class will change their life forever and they'll join this incredible community of other people who will support them. So when I look at other people's accounts, there's always like, I think as humans, we have a, um, a good nose for the inauthentic. Like you can sniff it out immediately. And I think the biggest mistake people can make is thinking about, oh shit, there's my phone. <laughs> 
Do you know what? What an authentic moment that we've just captured. <laughs> oh, God. I, wish, I could say I have a PA to do that for me, but I don't. Um, yeah, no, it's a busy day for you. Yeah, as soon as you, you can sniff it out in a millisecond when something isn't um, real. Yeah. And we all crave a sense of realness. Um, I think when people start out, they think, they look at all these big Instagram accounts and think they need to be just like them. And there are hundreds of captains dressed now, but none of them are successful because they're trying to be something they're not because that was successful for me. Um, so a little exercise I had my class always do is I get them to think about a couple of Instagram accounts they really love, like they genuinely love seeing their posts. And what they all figure out as a class is it's not the big perfect Instagram accounts with perfect tiles and all the colours match. They're, the reason they love these accounts is because there's a sense of authenticity behind them. Their photography is not always perfect. There's lots of spelling errors. Um, sometimes they share too much information. Sometimes they, they share nothing. Um, but that's, it's that authenticity that builds almost like a relationship. Yes. Between, um, over the platform. Oh, hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, and I completely agree with you there. And I think that's where Instagram probably gets its most criticism is, is the fact that the people who are showing up in an inauthentic way are create, it, it, it kind of creating this bubble, this unrealistic bubble that, that then perpetuates as people try and kind of also, you know, become this person that that person seems to be becoming, et cetera. And I think all of us just want to come back down to earth and understand that we're all just human. So if, if someone creates that and holds that space for someone in such a beautiful way on Instagram, I can completely relate to, to why that would, would endear people um, to them. Because, you know, look, at the end of the day, we all want to feel comfortable. We don't want to feel, we don't want to go to Instagram and feel like we're not as good as this person or not doing as much or not as creative or don't have as many likes or, or whatever the case may be. So that's, I think, so, so important. And, and I want to ask you about your hosting masterclass, but I also want to chat to you about Airbnb as well. But because we're talking about the hosting masterclass, what, what is this hosting masterclass? What do you offer for people? Um, so I've created an entire school for basically anyone who wants to be some kind of micro hotelier, although I'm finding maybe 40% of my students are people who just have businesses now or products, um, or are interested in styling. So I don't know how that works, but I think because the material is so good, people just delete the word house and insert the word my ceramics or my tea towels or because what I'm teaching can be really applied to anything. Interesting. Um, so I've created a school. The workshops got bigger and bigger and bigger until I couldn't handle them anymore. I couldn't put on enough classes to satisfy the demand. Um, and luckily, a dear ex-girlfriend of mine who we're still very good friends is it's an incredible filmmaker. She flies all over the world and creates like French perfume ads and fashion stuff. And I said do you think we could make an online school that was actually good and not shit? <laughs> you do a teachable course and it's just so shit. Yeah. I'd love to do it because I can't, I can't get to everyone. Not everyone can afford to come to one of my classes. Not everyone can 
find the time with kids and work or flying in from Singapore or wherever they are. So I would love to make a class which is just as good as this or better because I'll be able to put even more information in. So she hired um, all the best people she knew. So we had a team of 15 and I flew to South Africa and we hired this like 300-year-old barn and we spent two weeks and we made um, the online hosting masterclass with like hazes and lights and stylists and um, it took nearly six months, I think, for the whole thing to be finished editing um, with the website um, and we hired some education professionals that would help us make sure that we were teaching in the best possible way. Wow. I sort of decided that um, I'd put everything I had into this, like every penny I had, I would invest. And if it didn't work out, I would know I did the best I could. And I think that was important to me rather than spending 20 grand um, and just giving it a crack. I think it was that I did the best I could and I wanted to make the most beautiful class in the world. So when people sat down and did it, they would feel amazing. That experience they were having was beautiful. They felt proud to be doing it and were really engaged in the process. Yeah, yeah. And it, it works. <laughs> it That's amazing. So then, so so you're not. Are you doing the face to face masterclass anymore, or is it is it all done by the the online programs? No, twenty twenty really. <laughs> I was going. Yeah. To do a few a year because um, the face to face classes. I think there's usually a team of five of us that has to fly together and put them on. So it's this huge event and my um, energy levels aren't massive. Yeah. You know, you meet these people yeah. and they're working out 12 hours a day. Yeah. I'm not someone who can do that. Yeah. I do a class, I probably need two or three weeks off. I'm so drained. Up. Yes. So I was going to do a couple a year, but they've all been cancelled this year. Yeah. What we do is we did, um, you could do the online school or you could do the online school plus like five Zoom meetings as a group. So it was kind of our COVID alternative. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. We've just started doing that and that's been really beautiful. I'm still learning how to use Zoom. <laughs> I know. I know. It's one of those things that we've all had to get our heads around. Um, for me, and, and look, I'm in, I'm in regional um, New South Wales as well. So for me, it's actually opened my world up because I have been able to connect with people from all over Australia, both, you know, for conversations as well as for, for work. So it's, it's been fantastic. I love Zoom, but there's, it's, it still doesn't offer that human to human connection, which I think a lot of us are craving and we will even more, you know, the, the, as this, as this goes on. Um, but Okay, so now there's, so there's these online programs and how fortuitous that you'd actually gone away and got those developed before, you know, COVID struck. And so you didn't have to kind of rush and, and, and do that during COVID like a lot of us. Um, what, out of interest, why South Africa? Why did you go to South Africa to film them? Um, I lived there for a few years. So yeah. um, I wanted to do it outside of Australia. I usually spend four or five months every year not in Australia. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so that year I was in South Africa. Um, and just I just knew I could get... I, I asked people here who are really at the top of their game 
Um, and they just weren't that inspiring to me. They weren't that interested in what I was doing. They didn't really get my vision either. Yeah. Yeah. So I needed to ring Benita because I knew that she knew me so well. She followed the journey the whole way through. She knew what I liked and the standard. And I, and I knew that she would make me a feature film. Right. So I had that trust in her. So I was willing to fly there. Okay. So she's based in South Africa. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Whereabouts in South Africa? Uh, she's in Cape Town. Nice. Nice. We went to South Africa a couple of years ago. It's one of my favourite places in the world. We had such a great time. Okay. So what about Airbnb? Because is is that the, uh, like you, Captain's Rest is through Airbnb. Do you, do you use any other directories or is it just through Airbnb? I started off using them all because I wanted to test. Yeah. Airbnb really was just for me the easiest. It was where all my bookings were coming from anyway. The guests were having a great experience using the platform. It was easy for them to do things without my involvement. So it just came down to like a management decision for me because I wanted to um, have as little communication as possible with guests to save my time. I yeah. Wanted just to be easy so I didn't have to spend a lot of time doing this yeah um so that's basically the reason why I use Airbnb but then when that changes I'll change because all of my um bookings come from my own marketing yes Instagram and different press that I do um I think on the early years I'd put like a question on my Airbnb form like how did you find us and they all just said Instagram or country style or like a press article I'd done so no one really was staying through a, like a search on Airbnb. Yes. So for me, it wasn't really that important, but it was just kind of um, ticked all the boxes that I needed for the, um, the black and white stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I imagine, so while there, while there might have been a bit of a decline in travel and people being able to come and stay at Captain's Rest, et cetera, well, not, not necessarily if, if, if a lot of people come from Tasmania, I guess they, they've been able to do it. But have, have you noticed that there's actually been a huge increase in people wanting to take those online programs? Like, has that kind of managed to balance the, the disruption out a bit? Yeah, I think initially people were terrified, you know, like, um, you know, our classes were really quiet for the first couple of months because people just didn't know what was happening. But now what I've found is I'm, every class I'm running is now completely booked out because people recognise that now is the time to be doing the work for when their doors open next year or this year, hopefully, who knows. But um, to really get a home up and running to a captain's dress kind of standard, it does take a few months. Yeah. To build the following you're going to need to sort of start generating that kind of hype around your property. You do need six to 12 months. Yeah. Yeah. Work. So I think people are finally getting it, that they should be doing it now while well, they've got the time and they've got the availability in their calendars to get into their properties and do some work. So I'm busy, which is good. Um, and people are busy out there doing the work, which is also good. Now it's just kind of a, when will our doors open? Yes, yes, yeah, that's right. And you mentioned before that you actually get a lot of press articles. It, how do you approach that? Do you, do you go out to, to the magazines? Like, do you go out and make quite a concerted effort as a part of your marketing plan? Or do you find because you've kind of created such an amazing business and an amazing, um, you know, accommodation, 
that they find you? Is it a mix of both? How does that work? Um, now it's now it's people asking me, which is great. It makes my life easier because um, then I can just sort of see what aligns. Um, in the beginning, I did start generating some of my own press. But what I'm finding now with most of my students is they're getting approached pretty much from day one because they're able to start saying uh, or telling such authentic stories of their own. And people notice that um, writers and editors are all trolling Instagram constantly for content because they're all very content poor and need it. Um, so as soon as they see something different or inspiring, they're straight into onto the DM, like, can we photograph this house? Can we interview you? Can we use this picture? Um, because everyone's looking for something real, something new, something inspiring. Um, and luckily our students have learned how to do that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Than other people. And um, you mentioned, obviously you've mentioned a, a few of your students that have been through the masterclass. Have you got any success stories of, of students that have been through the masterclass that, that you can share with us? So many. <laughs> I bet. Um, there's literally not one student who hasn't been wildly successful. There was a, a, a list that went out a few months ago of the 100 top Airbnbs in Australia and 98 of them were my students. No! So you wouldn't... I think if anyone's wondering, just DM whatever Airbnb they love and ask if they're... A student and I'll say yes. That is amazing. My God, Sarah, that is such a huge success. Yeah, and like all of the top Tassie accommodations are students of mine. Um, so, you know, um, Sheetwash Bay, Whale Song, um, you know, there's just so many of these iconic Airbnbs that are all my students. So, wow, that's incredible. How does it feel to be making such an incredible impact? It feels so good because, you know, my class is just this one fee that people pay me to come and study and then they have a lifetime of success from that. Um, you know, most of my students, I, I try and keep in touch and ask them for real data. They're making, you know, up to 100 grand more than this year, you know, than they were before they'd done the class. So for me, I'm just so proud that I was able to give, I'm able to give people that because, um, it is an amazing thing to be able to do for someone else is to help them in their life with working for themselves, working in whatever their passion is, giving them more time, giving them their own income so they're in charge of their own lives. So what I'm giving people is so much more than a school. It's giving them the opportunity to really follow their dreams and to be a success in that. And it is amazing. It's an amazing feeling. I've got a lot of friends. So yeah, my life's really good. Oh my gosh, that is so amazing. Congratulations. That like that is serious impact. And from kind of where you were, if it was five years, was it five years ago, did you say that you'd kind of landed on the shores of Tasmania, bought the, the shack and um, and maybe yeah, four years ago, I think. Like what an amount you've come so far just in, in that four years. And obviously you've had a few changes along the way. Do you feel like you're kind of there forever now or do you think this is like a just you know something that will also pass at, at, at some point um oh that's a big question I don't know I think right now I'm very dedicated to my work with the hosting masterclass because of the impact it has yeah. 
I will keep doing it as long as it's making the impact. You know, my personal goal is for it to be such a success that I can retire and make it a non-profit. So anyone can do it. Um, and if they feel like they want to donate, they can, and that money will all go to third, people in third world countries that want to start their own businesses. So it will be kind of a pay it forward non business nonprofit, I suppose. Amazing. Because I've always felt like the work I do, anyone should be able to have access to. Um, if you want, you know, success, you should be able to have it. Out of interest, did Airbnb realise how much impact you're having on their their hosts? I'm not sure. I don't know. Like you would have to be someone that is on their radar. I mean, if you're creating that much success, you know that obviously that that um, well, I don't know. Maybe they don't don't look as far as Australia. I don't know. I think it's interesting because I think that they have their own. They have their own little training platform. I, think, I can't remember what it's called. Ah, oh, see. It's not very good. It's like no. style well and you should take nice photographs and um, you should write an engaging listing, but it doesn't tell you how. Like, okay, well, how do I take good photographs? How should I frame it? What should be in it? Um, how do I style? What do I put in? What don't I? Yes. About this. Um, so it's another thing where it's like it will give you some suggestions that doesn't give you specific get the tools yeah yeah and that's a really good point so then um obviously if if people want to come and check out captain's rest they can head to instagram and and search for captain's rest what about if people want to come and do one of the classes or many one of the master classes that you offer through the school how can they find them um so the hosting masterclass i have an instagram for that and a website it's just the hosting masterclass and they can join any time and just jump into the online school. It's always open or take the class with me, which I think is the better option because it's a little bit more fun. Yeah. Um, and that's what we're doing at the moment. So those are the only two avenues. Hopefully I can get back to the workshops soon, but yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm finding I'm able to do more this way. You know, I was a bit nervous about Zoom teaching because I'm someone who's really tactile. Yeah are always full of flowers and props and like you know it's very beautiful so I was really anxious about providing an online experience because like my school I wanted it to be amazing yeah and I've been on a lot of really shit zoom zoom meetings <laughs> yeah yeah so we had to figure out how to make it amazing for people which I think we nailed yeah having a really beautiful experience and I think even more so than our two-day classes because they get five weeks together yes projects instead of two days yes yeah there's some value in it if we can kind of figure out the tech to help us build community and connection yeah great I love it fantastic and I'll put those links in the show notes for anybody who's looking to connect with with Sarah in this way and um, jump on board any of those master classes Sarah thank you so much for sharing all of that I've, I think it's going to take me about an hour to recover from this interview there's been so much information that you've shared there that's it's so brilliant and it's also um, true and, and yeah you obviously are the complete authentic representation of yourself, which we absolutely love. So thank you so much for that, Sarah. Thank you, Jane. Um, 
yeah, my total pleasure. It's so nice to be able to talk and reflect on the journey because sometimes I also, um, I'm so busy doing what I'm doing. I, I when I tell the story, I'm like, oh shit, I have done a lot. <laughs> it's really... I, I, like, I know. I, and I didn't know any of this about you either. All I did was get lost in your Instagram, <laughs> in your Instagram and go, oh my God, I've got to interview this person. But you, you're amazing. You have done so much and achieved so much. But from listening to your story, it sounds like whichever path you choose or either, whichever path you chose to take or choose to take in the future, you will be wildly successful. So I thank you once again for being such an inspiration. My total pleasure. I love Sarah's story. What I love the most is how the magic that she brings into this world can spread and be accessed by so many simply by using social media as a storytelling tool. What about you? Do you have something magical and amazing that you want more people in the world to know about? Sarah used Instagram to promote Captain's Rest and her hosting masterclasses. Your business might be completely different and need another tool or channel to help get people to know about you. Well, if this is you and you need some guidance with how to do this, you may want to check out our How To Do Marketing Academy. This is a program that I have developed for ambitious and motivated small business owners just like you. It's a 12-month program where you'll work with me to gain clarity in direction with a customised marketing strategy and tactical plan. I'll guide you through 12 months of your recommended marketing activity that I'll actually break down into easy-to-follow 90-day tactical marketing plans. And these 90-day plans are almost like to-do lists. So I even order them in priority so you know exactly which activity to focus on first. To help you learn how to do the marketing on your list, I conduct monthly marketing masterclasses and give you the keys to a huge library of online resources such as ebooks and templates and videos that we have developed over the years of working with small business. You'll also get exclusive access to our Academy Facebook group where you can connect with other like-minded businesses just like you. I'm in that group all the time answering questions and sharing loads of helpful marketing tips and tricks. So if you want to find out more, head on over to dragonflymarketing.com.au. And until next time, happy marketing. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 